Welcome back to the Good Earth Podcast. This is Abby with Christians on Campus, and we're excited to be back with episode 51, the third episode in our series, This Mystery is Great. This week, Danny is leading us in a review of our previous Bible studies and showing us a practical application for what we've been seeing. We have seen in the Word the way that God is working out the deep desire of His heart, a church that would match Him and be His bride. God wants to be married, but what does this mean for us? Seeing God's desire shouldn't leave us the same. Our daily walk with the Lord should change when we understand His will. Keep listening to hear what we can do to help God accomplish His heart's desire. Continuing this topic that the great mystery. And so we first covered our God is eternal. So indeed, from eternity to eternity, you are God. Our God has an eternal purpose. And that, actually, I was going to write another verse up there. Sorry. So this is, there's a lot of verses too. So um, that, let me just write that real quick. Yes, that is Ephesians also 5.11. And sorry for all of those on the podcast. Um, I'm explaining stuff that I wrote on the board. So I'm going to try to explain the verses as I point to stuff on the board that you won't be able to see. So, our eternal, our God that has an eternal purpose, this eternal purpose was hidden in Him throughout the ages. It was a mystery. No one knew God's will or God's eternal purpose. Why everything came into existence, the universe and everything in it, according to Revelation 4.11, came into existence because of this eternal purpose. And, we, and the mystery was is shown in Ephesians 1, 9, and 3, 9. And so, with that as the background, we also saw that this eternal purpose, this will of God, He opened it to His holy apostles and prophets in spirit. And that was, very simply, God wants to get married. Ephesians 5, 32. The mystery is great, but he speaks with regard to Christ in the church. And so, then we went back to even the very beginning in Genesis, when God created man. And there was something open up on God's heart when he created man. We know from Romans 5.14 that Adam was a type of, of Christ. And so it pointed even his creation and even the details there convey something of Christ who is God. And so we went over those quickly, but I thought it might just help to have them all listed out here. And so I'm just going to quickly go over these. So over here we have Adam and then we have Christ. So, and then I have a lot of verses. So with Adam, not good for man to be alone. God said this. Also, it's not good for God to be alone. In his speaking this of Adam, who's a type of Christ, it wasn't good. It wouldn't, the great mystery is not just Christ, but it's Christ and the church. Nothing 
matched Adam. In Genesis, we saw all the animals were brought to Adam. None of them matched him. Even this detail is given. None of them matched him. None of them was suitable to be his counterpart. So that's in Genesis 2.21. Nothing matched God. God is God. God is holy. I have a verse up here, Revelation 15. You alone are holy. But then I also put up a verse in here, which is kind of interesting. 1 Peter 1.16, which says, Because it is written, you shall be holy, speaking of us, because I am holy. So God alone is holy, but then we're told we need to be holy. And holy is to be separated from anything else. It's not common, but it's distinct. God alone is holy. God alone had eternal life. God alone had the divine nature. That was uniquely within God. So nothing in this universe matched him. Going back to Genesis, Adam is put to sleep. So nothing matches him, so God puts Adam to sleep. So with Christ, Christ is put to death. The New Testament calls that sleep, as seen in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, on the cross. And that's, you see on John 19.30, him giving up his spirit, him dying there on the cross. His side, Adam's side, was opened up by God. Christ's side was pierced while he's on the cross in John 19.34. Adam, going back to Adam, something was taken out of his side. His sides open up, something is taken out. When Christ's side was pierced, blood and water flowed out. Both of these very significant for the producing of the church, which is to be his bride. Blood was for our redemption because we're sinners. At this time in Genesis, this is before sin came in. Nothing of blood is mentioned because man has not fallen yet. But to redeem fallen sinners, there needs to be blood. But not only blood, but water. So we go to this next one. Rib. A rib was taken out, which is a bone being taken out of his side. So with Christ, it gives this seemingly weird detail that was prophesied and even mentioned in the Gospels. Not one bone was broken. None of Jesus' bones were broken. And even spiritually, that signifies God's unbreakable resurrection life. His uncreated eternal life that nothing could break, nothing could deter, nothing could hold down. This life was released in his death. It came forth in his death along with the blood for our redemption. And going back to Genesis, God building, even that word is used there in Genesis, God built a woman from the rib that he had taken from Adam. Christ is the one who is building his church, which is his bride. But he's building that with his eternal, uncreated life. And then I have these verses down here. Matthew 16, 18, John 4, 14, John 7, 34, and Ephesians 5, 26. And just quickly, John 4, 14, 
That's the portion when Jesus meets the Samaritan woman and he says, but whoever drinks of this water, because they were at a physical, literal well, but whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall by no means thirst forever. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of life springing up into eternal life. That water was released at when Jesus died on the cross. His eternal life was released, that we could receive that, that we could have that, that we could be born again. That is needed for the producing of the, and building of the church, which is his bride. So the woman being brought to Adam in Genesis 2, 23, after the woman is built, she's presented to Adam. God brings Adam this woman. The church being presented to Christ glorious in Ephesians 5.27. And that is that it says that he might present the church to himself glorious, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Adam and Eve being married and becoming one flesh. At the end, you have not only is she brought to Adam and not only is he like this time, this time, nothing else matching. This one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one, she should be called woman. And it says, even that's where the portion, for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two shall be one flesh. The two are brought together in marriage and they become one. Christ and the church being married and made one for eternity. In Ephesians 5.32, Revelation 19.7, that's which speaks of the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready. And then also in Revelation 22.17, about the Spirit and the Bride saying come. And so this is kind of not complete, but gives you a picture of the type we have with Adam the reality which came through Christ. But this opens up what is on God's heart. God, and this is not the only portion. This is just one type at the beginning and seen throughout the Bible. But you have many other verses and many other portions that convey this. This is what God wants. God loves us and God wants to marry us. And this, today we're going to go a little bit more on the practical side. This is wonderful. We should see this. This is what's on God's heart. This is the mystery. But seeing this should affect our daily walk, our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Because not only do we need a relationship with the Lord, we should have a relationship. Even we use that, that this word relationship, which is a good word. We should have this. But even this word, I'd say for me. Abby here. As your semester is coming to a close, save the date on April 19th for our semi-annual celebration dinner. We set aside the last life and truth night of the semester to look back on all the Lord has done for us in the past year. Come ready to hear the testimonies of your fellow students and share something that you have experienced of Christ this semester. Hope to see you all there. Back to Danny. Even this word, I'd say for me, Maybe you're like me, my understanding of, of relationship 
was still very limited in, in its scope. Like my relationship with the Lord is, hey, yeah, I, I need to talk to the Lord, which we do. I need to open to him, which we do. I need to go on where I know him more and he knows me more, where I just don't hear about God. I just don't hear about who he is, but I know him more personally. I have a personal relationship with the Lord. And we, we should have a personal relationship with the Lord. But then there's other words that were not in my vocabulary. You would say my Christian vocabulary with the Lord. One is intimate, affectionate, that we would have this kind of relationship with the Lord. A lot, you know, it's like, okay, because there are even a verse that says, I want to have a relationship where me and the Lord, we're, we're friends, like, you know, buddy, buddy. I know he can open up what's on his heart. I open it, we talk and everything. But even, even friends, we even have this kind of phrase, and you probably heard it, you know, the friend zone. And it's like, you get to the, the friend zone, and then you, you know further than that, the friend zone, it stops right there. Nothing more. God doesn't want us just to stop at the friend zone. He wants to go all the way and have a personal, intimate, affectionate relationship with us. But I didn't grow up even this kind of thought. When even, I mean, I knew God is love. God loves me. But even in this matter, I did not think even the matter of love in this matter of intimate love. But this is what's conveyed in the Bible, this kind of intimate love. Actually, it's fully opened up and can actually, sometimes many believers don't even know this book exists in the Bible, or if it's there, it's kind of like a weird, why would they put this in the Bible? It's called Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. It's a book that's describing this love relationship between King Solomon and a small, lowly, or you could say country girl who's the, Shul- who's the Shulamite. And it's this pers- him courting her, pursuing her, winning her over. And you just see these intimate details of their relationship progressing. But even this is recorded in God's Word because it's a show, it's a picture of the kind of intimate, affectionate relationship that the Lord Jesus wants to have with each one of us. He loves us and he wants us to know his love in this way and even to reciprocate that same kind of love towards him in this kind of way. And so some things that, if if you're like me, this, this was not normal. This was not how I viewed and even my, my concept of this had to, I just had to open to the Lord. The Lord had to shine and touch on certain concepts I had of this. Because, again, this was not normal. Like, I could call Jesus is my Savior, Jesus is my Redeemer. But if I said Jesus is my lover, it's like, that's not, that's, that's a weird word. You know, it's like, I mean, think about it yourself. Jesus is my lover. But that's how the Bible presents it. Jesus wants to be our lover. He, yes, he wants to be our savior. Yes, our redeemer. Yes, all these things. But if we, if we have all these other things, 
and we don't see lover, we don't see he wants to be our husband, wooing and courting us, guess what? It's still a mystery to us. It hasn't been open to us. Well, we heard about Jesus. We heard about the Bible. But this eternal purpose in God is still hidden from us. Just as it had been hidden throughout the ages and throughout the centuries. And now we have all of God's word. And we have it open there in God's word. But it could still be veiled and closed to us. So not only do we, we see this, but our, we would have such a relationship with the Lord. But this, it takes time to build this. Because this is, honest, this is not easy. One, I mean, if, if you're honest, we can see how this can work between two living human beings. But then, how does this work with God? I mean, we have this verse in 1 Peter 1.8, which says, whom having not seen you love. We haven't seen God, not with our physical eyes, but we love him. So how do we have an intimate relationship with someone who we've never seen with our eyes? We've never heard physically with our ears him speaking to us. We've never physically touched him, but Yet, spiritually, we can have all these things with the Lord. And the Lord wants us to have this kind of relationship where we do see Him spiritually with the inner eyes. We do hear Him His speaking. We do touch Him. We have such a relationship with Him intimately, personally. Well, so in this time, and my time's about up, we're going to, I just want to share a few things that could be practical help wherever we are to progress in this matter. One, so I'm, I'm also going to write some prayers, very simple prayers that we can pray and, and ask the Lord. Or it can be a prayer and also it can be a speaking. One is, this is very good. I did not grow up saying this. I grew up saying, Lord, I grew up saying, Lord Jesus, I love you. I mean, even today, have you told the Lord Jesus in this kind of way, intimate, Lord Jesus, I love you. Can we all say that together? Lord Jesus, I love you. That we can have this kind of prayer, this kind of even utterance with the Lord. We can tell him with our lips. We can say it inwardly in our heart. Lord, I love you. Another one. Lord Jesus, I turn my heart to you or towards you or our heart our loving organ, we can, and there's verses about our heart and our heart being turned towards the Lord. We can, when we come to time with the Lord, we can turn our heart to the Lord. We can tell him, Lord, right now I turn my heart to you. And if we don't even trust, am I actually doing it within? We can change the prayer, modify it a little bit. Lord, turn my heart towards you. Another one. 
Jesus, I open to you. Just this, it means a lot to tell Lord, I'm open. Lord, I'm here and I just open myself to you. I open to know you. I open to hear your speaking. I'm open to see more of who you are. Because again, with this line of a relationship, and even this, this should change our, our complete view, different view of even this Bible. It's not just a book. It's not just a history book. It's not even just a book, which is wonderful, that tells us about Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus, about God, about what he has done for us. This book also, it's God's love letter to us. It's God personally telling us how much he loves us. It's God's word to us. We can even say this, Lord, this is your word for me, for me. Consider this, that if Okay, today we have text, so now it's like you, we rarely ever write stuff and send it anymore. We usually just send a text or a call. But let's say someone's far away who, or the, this was the case, that you loved or you, ha you know, it's like, or you're pursuing something. Or there was a guy courting or pursuing a girl, and he writes a love letter. And he mails it to her, sends it to her, and she gets it. And she's like, meh, and throws it, doesn't read it, or just like opens it, skims over it. Well, I read it. <laughs> I read the letter. He conveyed some stuff in there about wanting to see me. Or all How, what's our response? What's our heart? What's our attitude when we come to God's word? Do we have this kind of attitude of Lord? I want to know you. I don't want to just pick up doctrinal knowledge about you in your word. I really want to open to you. Lord, speak to me in your word. I want to know you through your word. Lord, I love you. I want to know you more. I want to fall more in love with you. And with this too, and just one last thing, and then we're, we'll switch over. We're going to try something a little bit different today before we break up into groups. But... With this view, again, in this, God or Christ, our Lord Jesus, he's the husband. We're the wife. And so just as in Song of Songs, just as in many different verses in the Old Testament and in the New, he's the one pursuing us, courting us to win us over, to woo us. But we have an important part in this. We have to be open to that. We have to spend time with him. We have to, because it doesn't matter how much a guy pursues a girl. If she's not open to him, he's not going to make any, it's like he can pursue and pursue and pursue. Nothing there. There, there has to be an openness on her side. There has to be some response. I mean, this is getting further along down the line, but when I proposed to my wife, it was not only the pursuing got to a certain point, but I get down and I pull out the, you know, it's like, and ask the question, will you marry me? She has to give me some response. Like, 
And so she could say no. Obviously, the hope is she'll say yes. But what happens is that her response was nothing, was silence. That is an answer. That's a response. That's not a yes. And it's like that the Lord wants us to open to him. And when he does speak to him, he wants us to respond. When he touches something, when he shines on something. So we can develop not just our relationship with the Lord, but even our romantic, our affectionate, our personal, our intimate relationship with our Lord Jesus in our Christian life. And this is actually what it looks like to have a normal Christian life is as this is developing. And we're spending time, we're open before him, and he is winning us over. He's wooing us. And before, if we go on in a normal way in our Christian life, we become like Paul. We're just crazy in love with the Lord. And Paul said the love of Christ constrained him. And that even word there in 2 Corinthians 5.14, it means it like he was walled in. He had only one way. The love of Christ, I can't go any other way. I'm, I'm bound by the Lord's love. I'm just captivated. I'm won over. There's, there's no going out. There's no getting free. Even the Song of Song uses the expression, sick with love. She was, the seeker was sick with love. Just so much love for the Lord or in that, in, in King Solomon that she was just sick. She was beside herself with love. The Lord wants our relationship with him to get to this point. But, all right, so now what we're going to do a little bit different is we are going to spend about three minutes. I'm going to set a timer on my phone so you don't have to check the, your phones. And hopefully we could all just like put our phones down and everything. And we're all going to spend some just personal time, us and the Lord, to open up and talk to him. And we, it would be good. Even we could have these kind of intimate prayers. We can tell the Lord inwardly, like very small, like under our breath, however you want to do it. Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I turn my heart to you. It can be this. You can add more words. Lord, right now I'm turning my heart. I'm opening to you. I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to fall more in love with you. Whatever comes up. But here are some of the prayers that we can just pray in this time.